everyone. Welcome back to Musings of a Flea. I am Flea. This is episode 24, and I have a very special guest with me today, and his name is Homeslice. Say hi, Homeslice. <laughs> How's it going, everyone? You can also just call me Moo Cow. And uh, we have had him at our house for, what, four days now, I think? Something along those lines. Which is why my episodes have been out of whack, because I've been having fun. We've been going to, uh, yeah, sightseeing, museums, stuff like that. And listening to way too much of my horrible singing. It's not horrible. <laughs> Come on, you told me how flat I am. I did not say you were flat, I said you almost nailed it. <laughs> um, and that I was flat. Anywho. No. Um, and I've already mentioned this before, but we had met uh, playing Mass Effect Andromeda. In fact, him and my boyfriend had met, and then I was introduced that way. And then we all just became really good friends. And so I'm used to hearing him, you know, singing at the top of his lungs in the PlayStation chat. And now I get to hear it here in person. So surround sound, I guess. Well, it was surround sound in the in the headphones, too. So would this just be mono? Yeah, I guess so, because oh, now yeah. it's just on my left, my left ear. Okay, we're figuring it out as we go. <laughs> yes. Um, and so we were trying to figure out a topic. We just figured kind of talk about our life experiences. And so you're going to hear my cats jingle. I should take their collars off. So we were thinking about life experiences. First of all, he had quite the adventure getting here. Of course. Being the first time I've ever flown anywhere... My first flight was amazing. It went completely smoothly. And once you know, I missed my connecting flight. Yep. I was going to say it was even 10 minutes uh, early, right? Your first flight. Like, in fact, it went better than good. Far better than I ever would have expected. And one thing that y'all should know about me is I have an incredible fear of heights. And this in and of itself has made it a crazy journey. I always told myself I would die before I got on a plane. And yet, Flea and her lovely significant other have dragged me out. <laughs> we dragged you out. <laughs> we brought him here for his birthday and for New Year's. So we got to experience fireworks in the backyard because our whole neighborhood, you know, likes to break the housing authority rules. So we were drinking champagne and watching the beautiful lights and it was just a lovely experience with close ones and people that we enjoy spending time with. It was almost like coming back together with family for the first right. time in a long time. It doesn't even really feel like, you know, we're meeting somebody. We know each other. We've been like really honest and real. And we've been <laughs> You know, talking or playing a game together nearly every day since we met. Right. I don't know why I thought of beef jerky. Like, we've held it all out there. Like, Well, maybe that's because I'm a cow. Right. I'm offended. (laughs) That's probably why. (laughs) Speaking of cow, you want to say what your your birthday slash Christmas gifts were? (laughs) Or I can say it. This was the most entertaining thing to me. I was laughing like a little child. Flea and her significant other's infinite wisdom, knowing my love for the bovines, they got me an ugly Christmas sweater with not just a bell on it, but a big old cow face. (laughs) Big old cow. I could not (laughs) control myself. Yes. In fact, I had 
I saw this online. I showed my boyfriend. I'm like, I'm getting this. And he's like, yes. And so we got it. And what's funny is that we were actually gaming whenever I got the notification that it had been charged. And I was like, what is this? This charge for blah, 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 blah. Because I did it through PayPal. And it's some weird, like, company. And then we're all trying to figure it out. And then it just clicks that it's his uh, Christmas sweater. And I'm like, um, Suddenly, deathly silence. Hey, look, let's play this match, you know? <laughs> and so... <laughs> And then another thing that we got him was just a little stuffed animal to, you know, it kind of resembles our area. With a hat. With a hat, yes. An Who doesn't with a hat. love a small animal wearing a hat? <laughs> True. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about those uh, pigeons that uh, lately that have had hats glued on to their head. I think this no, was. No, this is complete news to me. Yeah, this was in Las Vegas. And I had a bunch of mixed emotions because I'm like. Depending on what the adhesive is, that's, you know, either really cute or really cruel. I don't know. It would be funny to see at first sight, but you don't want to adhere anything to any animal where they can't remove it. And I don't know. It automatically falls into the cruelty category for me. Right. It's not choosing to wear that hat. Exactly. I was just trying to confirm they did it, but it all it says is glued. Yeah, that, I don't know if I can ever get behind something like that. That's just... Right. Plus, uh, it says the wide brims of the hats obstruct their vision. So great. You have cowboy pigeons flying into windows now. Uh, I guess you could say it's not their first rodeo. uh, Oh. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Well, anyway, I think at least people are trying to help them. They're spotting them and tracking them. That's another good point that was just brought up in this article. More vulnerable to predators. Oh, yeah. Right. I hadn't even considered that. That just makes it worse. Oh. Okay. Now I'm getting, going down a rabbit. Is it rabbit trail or rabbit, rabbit hole? hole? I always say the wrong Alice one. Alice in Wonderland, yo. In fact, I think I've used that in past episodes. Following the white rabbit down the hole. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. So, back to the trip. So, yes, he missed his connecting flight. I think he was told to arrive like 10 minutes early or something. And this is his first time flying. So he doesn't have any prior experiences, you know, to guide him. And lo and behold, the gates had closed, right, by the time you were getting there? Right. The gates had closed 14 minutes and some change early, which I'd never heard of a flight leaving early. That would screw so many people up. Yeah. Especially on New Year's Eve. I don't even know if airlines even consider passengers, if all of them are on board or not, or if they just leave, you know, to keep the smoothness of everything. Well, you would think that, especially if they're leaving early, they would want to make sure that everyone's on board. And I think that's why they uh, gave you another flight for free. (laughs) That is one thing I will say. Delta Airlines at least gave me... Uh, reconnecting flight the first one to my current location that was available the next morning yeah granted i had to stay in the airport overnight yeah but you know not the end of the world and that kind of led to me being able to like i said before almost like reconnecting with family right well see he was supposed to come in at like 12 15 in the morning and so now it was just like what was it, 8-something or 10-something? Like 8.30-ish. Yeah, and so there really wasn't any like more 
seeing each other time, but at the same time, we don't want him to be on the, you know, in the airport having to try to sleep, which I don't think you got any sleep, unfortunately. No, no, I just kind of hugged my bag to make sure no one stole it. Right. (laughs) Oh, and then the adventure continued because the next day I was ready to go pick him up at the airport and my car wouldn't start. And at that point, I'm like, uh, I just need to get going. So I called an Uber, went to the airport, and then uh, we rented a car because I didn't know what the problem was. It almost sounded like the starter. Like we we were thinking it was a starter. Or a dead battery mm. or something right. like. And so at least with the rental car, we could um, try to jump it. And so that's what we did, but nothing happened. It still did the same thing. So we finally arranged for a tow truck to take it to um, the shop. And the excellent, amazing, I don't know what else to call him, the mechan- uh, the tow guy, I don't know what you call him. Tow truck driver. The tow truck driver <laughs> um, tried it himself. He knew from the sound it was like a blocked fuel line or something like that. The fuel injector was clogged from what he was saying. Yes, and, and so he pressed on the gas a couple times and he got it to start. And we're like, what? Like I was expecting the worst. Like, well... We're not going to have our car for New Year's at least, you know, because it would have to stay in the shop over the holiday. And now all of a sudden we have the car. And so we turned our, um, (laughs) and so we turned our car in. Now the whole thing about the car not working initially, that was just another monkey wrench because we had also planned a road trip to see a museum of sorts. And that was something we'd been talking about for quite some time. Yeah. Part of the definitive plan, as it were. Yeah, and so I figured, but either with the rental car or with my car, we were going to make this happen. But thankfully, that tow truck driver didn't have to do that. He could have just taken the business, you know. But yeah, he chose to be nice. Maybe it's because of the holiday spirit. And uh, he decided to try to get it to start first. And everything was fine. And we didn't have to lose our car over New Year's. And even saved some money in the process as opposed to having it towed off. Right. I don't know. I kept feeling like the powers that be didn't want this to happen. Like maybe we're too powerful together, like all three of us. And so <laughs> it must stop. Kalima. This Kalima. I wish I knew what that was a reference to. Hum nam shabai. Hum nam shabai. <laughs> all right. Obviously, you've never watched any Indiana Jones. Um, Temple of Doom, yo. Sadly, I've only watched The Crystal Skull. Oh, so you watched the worst one. <laughs> yes. No yes. offense, Steven Spielberg. I, I actually <laughs> I actually do want to watch the uh, the first, is it three? <laughs> the first three? But I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I That was around the time I was doing the Brendan Fraser stuff, like the mummy and all that. And I'm like, you know, since I'm on this ride, I should also do the Indiana Jones. And I haven't gotten that far yet. I've already established many times that I've grown up living under a rock. So one of the ongoing themes of this trip happens to be how new experiences can, you know, just kind of throw us in for a loop, if that's the right way to say it. To put it a little more bluntly, a lot of us have things that are deep down within us that we don't even remember happening. And sometimes when you just go completely stagnant in your life, It stays repressed. Right. And once you break that norm, sometimes, well, at least from my experiences as of late, everything starts to come back to the surface. Yeah, things get shaken loose. 
And what I've noticed, at least, is when you do routines, you're kind of like head down and whatever you're in and you're, you know, you've got these blinders on, you're just doing the same thing over and over. Tunnel vision, basically. <clears throat> Tunnel vision, yeah. And so um, take a cow and put it out of its uh Take it out of its field. pasture. Yeah, there you go. Take it out of its pasture. I was going to say it's going to moo. Um, <laughs> I mean, I moo all the time, but that's <clears throat> irrelevant. <laughs> right. Well, I meow all the time. Like, this yeah, is but a, you're weird. <laughs> this is a meowing household. We'll meow back at the cats. <laughs> Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, there goes one of the cats. He's responding to me. Yep. And so, um, yeah, take a cow, put it in a new pasture, and trail habits change, obviously, because there's nothing there to uh, be familiar. And sometimes you need to go into that different pasture. I'll go back to my uncovering of things about myself during this journey. Not an hour ago, I had a little bit of a breakdown. I remembered something really traumatic from my childhood. And to be quite honest, I don't even remember what the trigger itself was. But it's important to remember that if you're dealing with a trauma, you have to feel a bit of the pain before you can start to heal again. And if you don't remember it, Flea was saying to me, sometimes there's a comfort in keeping your head down. Not those exact words, I'm paraphrasing. I had to, like, argue that point a little bit. You don't recover from something you don't know that happened that continues to hurt you. So, we butted heads a little bit in a loving manner. Like you do. I don't know. Do you have anything to input here so far? Well, I was just remembering what I was saying about the um, releasing smog. Like, sometimes you just have to release that negative energy, release that uh, black cloud in order to feel better. But yeah, sometimes you don't even know it's there because it's so locked up. And going through the same cycle every day... I personally feel like I don't have any documentation or anything to back this up as of right now, but I feel like becoming stagnant doesn't allow for many things to come back to the surface so you can understand how and why you are. Right. Well, I I wasn't encouraging like going stagnant. I was just saying like this might be why nothing has surfaced you know because of the routine because of the staying in the same schedule or ah then i must have been under misunderstanding you oh no it's cool trying to i don't know it almost seems like a self-defense mechanism like your body just wants to stay uh in familiar space have that comfort and kind of protect yourself from not reliving trauma as it were I mean, you know that I'm fascinated with psychology. The brain is a fascinating thing because it it tries to protect you. It tries to keep things, anything harmful, obviously, you're, it's like you're programmed to try to avoid. Confronting things that cause so much pain is a very difficult thing. Right. And unfortunately, it's a necessary part of the process. Right. Like I said before, you have to confront pain in order to heal it. And sometimes you need to go to new extremes in your own personal life in order for these things to come out. 
and when they come out, it may not necessarily be the ideal time if ever there were such a thing. Right, but like at least he's in like a safe place, you know. It's not happening. It's not like in the airport or you know at work or something. It's like no, it's in a safe spot where we're already really comfortable with voicing our experiences or traumas or whatever. Always completely open with our feelings. Right. I mean, like I said, we've had many conversations that I wish we could have recorded for podcasts. Like, why aren't we recording this? Oh, my. The things we've said on PlayStation Network. <laughs> right? The things that the uh, the FBI have access to. We might no, have helped. No, that's the NSA. The NSA. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, Which we, now we... they'll be listening to this podcast. <laughs> I think we've already helped them. But yeah, it takes like shaking up your world a bit, jostling that snow globe. To really understand yourself. Yeah. Which is what I did when I moved. You know, I moved from a small town to a big city. Your entire worldview changed in that instant. Right. And it left you, I'm assuming, kind of reeling. A little bit, yeah. I had to separate myself from everything that I knew from basically who I was and I had to, and I would, but I mean, the beautiful thing with that for me was I got to recreate myself, you know, like I didn't have to rely on other people's expectations or, um, you, you learned know, molds, who you, you were. Know? Yeah. You learned what you wanted and it's helped to kind of jumpstart your personal growth again. I think I had outgrown that town a long time ago. Um, I just needed my own space. I needed another pasture. And a little bit of a push sometimes. Yeah. We all need that. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, there's comfort in being stagnant. Sometimes being comfortable can be the worst thing for you, though. You don't gain new life experiences. You don't learn things about yourself and the world around you. I keep on going back to the theme of personal growth. It just ceases at that point. Yeah, like I grew up with the aversion to learning. I almost got offended by it. <laughs> I just wanted to be safe in my own little bubble. Well, and, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You may have also taken that as a personal attack. Like, how dare you tell me something I don't know? Sort of, yeah. Like, a lot of it was don't imply that I'm dumb in a way, you know. I guess I didn't like the implication that I was ignorant or, you know just misinformed and I have to like that's something I still have to get over that they are not attacking me when they're informing me (laughs) that makes me wonder like talking about repressed memories and stuff if there was a moment where I was kind of punished for wanting to learn and I don't mean like necessarily by parents but just by the environment around me well from what I know of your history obviously learning was strongly discouraged Yeah, so I've never really, like, dove deep into this, but I actually grew up in an environment that was very cultish, for lack of a better word. So sometimes you are actively discouraged from, you know, trying to seek new information because you're supposed to only trust what you hear, basically. Blind faith as opposed to education and proven knowledge, as it were. Right. So that took a lot... For me, and because I'm such an empathic person, because I thrive on feeling and electricity and energy, like I soaked that up because it's like, this is what's meant to happen. 
uh, I'm being guided, I'm being controlled, basically. And I liked that because I don't like thinking for myself, <laughs> you know? Well, it had put you into that comfort zone. Right. So I imagine once you got yourself into a new situation, it was just complete culture shock. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because, um, like, especially when I got divorced, like, I was able to make my own choices, make my own mistakes. Like, to me, making mistakes was a good thing, and being selfish was a good thing. And so I kind of sought that out. You know, like, you need the little leather jacket and motorcycle rebellious phase. So I had that, you know. And now I'm just a boring old mom going to school, two cats, and a fish. So. And a partridge in a pear tree. Exactly. And a Sorry. cow. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing that I really wanted to say to y'all, if and when you all decide to shake up your lives, gain those new life experiences, and... Hopefully not, but uncover things about yourself that bring you great pain. Be ready to confront it. And remember that you're not alone in these experiences. There's always a plethora of resources available to people as well if they decide they need help. Right. And I don't know any of you, but I love you all. <laughs> I want the best for every one of you. Yeah, and it's healthy and encouraged to let it out, too. Like, if you feel it coming, I know the, the instinct is to bottle it up, and that's what I used to do. You know, I used to, like, be suppressing panic attacks while I'm at work. But there should be a point where you just give yourself a safe space, even if you go, go into your room and shut the door and just let it all out. It's a valve that needs to be opened and released. And so it's nothing to be ashamed about. It's, like, it's part of us. It is the human experience. You have to get yourself out of your comfort zone sometimes for you, for things to come back. And there are times where, I, like I've said, where I think I have repressed memories that just haven't come out yet. Because there are things where sometimes it might feel like a magnet, like you just avoid situations or you don't eat certain things, you know. And there's no real reason why. You just feel very strongly about it. Well, I'll go into a specific of mine. One of the things that I'd uncovered about myself here. Flea, boyfriend, and I were all having a conversation about food, which is very different here than back home. And, well, I'm a very picky eater. There's only a few things, really, that I like. And, to be perfectly honest, I never quite understood why. And then... Being in a different situation, talking with different people in person, something just finally clicked, and I remembered how my mother used to quite literally force food down my throat. Food on the fingers, into my mouth, down my throat. And it shook me. And luckily for me, I had two wonderful friends. Well, family. <laughs> right to kind of help me through that realization and get me through the momentary panic attack. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it shakes, it literally shakes you and um, has to get out. Yeah, so experiences or wondering why you always stayed away from something and then sometimes just talking about it can shake it loose. And once you understand why something is, you can get to work on 
either accepting it fully or improving your situation in that aspect. Right. I now know why I don't draw myself in toward certain things. And now I can kind of process it all mentally and convince myself, okay, this is no longer going to be the situation. I don't have anyone forcing food down my throat. It's my choice to try it. Right. You get to create a new experience and overwrite that memory. Becoming the master of your own reality. Or um, put it to bed or whatever, you know, like you can decide now. Nope, I don't like it because I don't like it. And it gives you a sense of power and um, control that you didn't have before you. And yeah, (laughs) new places. Travel, people. (laughs) And have a, a safe place to unload, you know. And always don't necessarily put yourself out there to everyone, but look for those people who seem to genuinely care about you that are always in your corner, got your back, whatever you want to say. (laughs) (laughs) And that can make the world of difference. Absolutely. Oh, I'm all getting emotional. (laughs) Hey, that's... Yep. (laughs) Yes, Mac. That is uh, always welcome here. I'm such an emotional person, and I'm always about just letting it out, talking things through, writing, being creative. I found that whenever I'm feeling like huge, you know, surges of emotion, I write or I create podcasts or I uh, play games. I do something creative. Wait, you make podcasts? Uh huh. Yes, I do. This great <laughs> podcast called Musings of a Flea. <laughs> hey, yeah. y'all should check it out. Yeah, and I and music is a big, big thing. I believe in music therapy, and so lately I've been listening to a lot of uh, gorillas. And as always, Sandra Lerche. Yes, your soundtrack to your life. Yes. (laughs) Or home slice, I should say. Nah, Uh, mocow. Mocow works. I like being a mocow. Well, mocow has also introduced a lot of new music to us, too, because usually he's got a playlist going on when we're gaming. It's not even a playlist. I just look for whatever speaks to me at that moment. I was going to say, do you want to inform them on your musical taste, which happens to be everywhere? I mean, like, a little bit over there, some over there, a little bit over there, and pretty much everything except rap and country. <laughs> yeah, that's me as well. Um, I Except I, I have a very specific era of country that I do enjoy, and I think that's because of me growing up uh, with my older sisters, and they had some country songs that they liked, and so there's a very specific era like that Alan Jackson, um, Garth Brooks, Tracy Lawrence era. Hold on, um, we've also gone back as far as Roger Miller. I was about to say Roger Miller. <laughs> and then we find these weird things that, you know, uh, we align on. And we're like, you like Roger Miller? I'll yeah. just be randomly singing a song and, oh, you know that? Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you do that at work all the time. You sing at work and uh, people are like, how old are you? <laughs> Music is just... Um, an integral part of my life to be quite honest with everyone I wouldn't be alive if it weren't for music yeah it has such a soothing healing power to it it can speak to us in such great ways and well like Flea says it can be therapeutic yes because it um, gives you well it does trigger memories which is a very interesting you know, juxtaposition from like, like how 
triggering memories can be traumatic, but it can also be soothing. It's interesting. I'm going to have to look that up now. It can be all over the spectrum. For example, as I was telling you on our way home from the museum with Lenka's Everything at Once, Mm -hmm. it just spoke to me in such a way that I felt like I was always trying to be everything at once and it was breaking me and I never really quite understood that until I heard that song I'll have to um, put a link to that song in the uh, information (laughs) because I have a song like that too and at the risk of sounding cliched same way with Kansas's carry on wayward song so I guess the moral of the story is keep yourself open to not just yourself but your surroundings and how they can influence your mentality i don't know i'm mm-hmm. i'm not wording very well <laughs> no i mean just be open to whatever happens while you're traveling i would say experience new things like we've introduced him to some new type of foods and uh yeah, but also just acknowledging, like, we're just happy that you're here, man. <laughs> we're happy you're it, here. It almost feels, in a way, like coming home. <laughs> yes. Like, I have my own experience with a song called Poison and Wine by the Civil Wars uh, that really just shakes you. You know those songs that just, no matter what, you get emotional, too? Or, as you were saying, like, you get goosebumps. Just songs that shake your core. <laughs> Well, I'd also brought up Carry On, Wayward Son by Kansas, and, Mm -hmm. you know, that used to be definitively my favorite song in the world, and it got to a point where it became so emotional for me that I just can't listen to it anymore without breaking down. A lot of things can gain a negative connotation with you, but I guess that's part of the journey. Yeah. And that made me think about how, like, the mystery behind something, like, with your fear of height, or not fear of heights, but um, fear of flight. Like, there's that mystery, you know, the fear of the unknown or whatever. Because you were all like, I'm never, you know, make sure it's an aisle seat. Make sure it's an aisle seat. And then I ask you, like, oh, did you get an aisle seat? And you're like, no, I got a window seat. I'm kind of over it. (laughs) Like, whatever. I mean... It's still not going to be pleasant. I'm right. flying back home today. Right. But, but the mystery I'm also is going, gone. I'm going to be able to get through it. Yes. I know more or less what to expect and suddenly not quite as terrifying. I have to remind myself sometimes it's like you're only scared because you don't know what's going to happen. Like just go and experience it. And then that uh, mystery is gone and it doesn't have power over you anymore. Life in and of itself is unknown you never know what's going to happen from moment to moment so don't let the fear of the unknown hold you back from garnering yourself some new life experiences and meeting wonderful people trying new things because yeah we wouldn't we wouldn't have had this uh you know traveling experience if we didn't take that chance and bring someone we met on uh, the on the internet which sometimes is not the best idea you know i met my ex-husband on the internet so i understand there are there are mistakes but we're also older and wiser you know we're able to discern much better on who to trust plus they really like my singing yes yes we do (laughs) even though i'm flat 
You're not flat. You said it yourself. That, that doesn't mean you as a person are flat. That means at that one particular moment, there was a flat note. And like, Excuse I can talk. Excuse me for trying to hit the high notes. And like, I can talk. I can't. So yeah, it's been just an interesting experience for everybody involved. And we're very glad to have had him visit. And we hope maybe we'll visit one day. Oh yeah, there's plenty of sights for y'all to see. And so it's coming up to the point anyway where we're going to have to take him back to the airport. So we're going to have to wrap this up, unfortunately. But uh, thank you very much, Moo Cow, a.k.a. Home Slice, for joining us for this very special episode. It's been my pleasure, even though I'm sure I rambled a little bit unnecessarily. Well, if if you've met me, you know I do the exact same thing. So it works. But then, you know, we get gems in the... uh, in the strangeness there's a metaphor that didn't exist until now there are gems in the strangeness every once in a while you find a diamond in a pile of crap there you go and with that thank you for listening to this episode and thank you so much to sandra lurche for the use of his song i know something that's gonna break your heart and i'll talk to you next week bye-bye take care y'all love you Testing, testing, one, two, three. I don't want to set the world on fire. I have to talk a little louder than that, but... Hello, everyone. Okay. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Okay. Awesome Wonderland? Wonderland? Yeah, Wonderland. Wonderland? That mechanic, or I keep calling him a mechanic. That tow truck driver. Right and being selfish was a good thing. Cat. <laughs> you know, I should play more guitar, but I have carpal tunnel <laughs> and I have to like redo the calluses on my fingers whenever I stop. But uh, So you're saying you've gone soft. Yes, I have gone soft. Weak. <laughs>